Patrick. Brilliant. Welcome to the show. For everybody listening, this is Patrick from um, Challenger Mode. And yeah, we're here to talk about tournaments this morning. So um, yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Trevor. We're going to jump straight in, Patrick. There's no messing this morning. We're, we're, we're busy men. We're out there trying to get as many deals as possible, but we're taking a bit of time out for a chat about all things tournaments and esports. But I guess it'd be good to um, to learn a bit about Challenger Mode and uh, and a bit about you and your role there. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no secret. My name is Patrick. I'm uh, the Senior Partnerships Manager here at Challenger Mode. Uh, you know a little bit about my background. I guess I uh, I've always been an avid gamer, but uh, been, worked in esports for about a little bit over a year. Um, so my professional background uh, was in the data and tech sector, uh, living in London for about eight years before you know mid pandemic. I think a lot of us uh, we went through some uh, some crises, some uh, you know some thinking. There was a lot of time to think uh, through what what I wanted to do uh, with uh, my career, and realized that necessarily working in data wasn't wasn't what I wanted to do. So esport always was always a big passion for me, and I decided to to take a punt and 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 give it a go, and happened to land a challenger mode, and yeah, now we're here. Uh, my role focuses a lot on working with uh, brands, uh, tournament organizers, and teams specifically and really any other stakeholders and helping them to activate in, in esports on, on challenger mode. So for anyone who doesn't know, challenger mode in a nutshell is an esports tournament platform. Uh, it's really a place where gamers and organizers uh, of all kinds can meet. So effectively, we're a solution for anyone who wants to run an esports tournament of any size and of any, any kind. Uh, one of the kind of unique selling points with Challenger Mode today is that we 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 make it very easy for organizers to build what we call a space, which is you know your very own digital esports arena that's fully branded to your brand. And then we obviously have a bit a lot of technology in the back end there that helps automate and really simplify a lot of the tasks that come with running and setting up uh, these type of tournaments. And from a player perspective, obviously can't forget about the players. It's a place where they can come and join communities and compete in tournaments and potentially win prizes too. I think the community angle is uh, is very interesting, um, Patrick, because we, you know when 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 we look at platforms, as particularly tournament hosting platforms, I think we kind of we have a tendency to maybe to get caught up in the competitive element, you know, of, of gaming and and obviously esports, which is competitive gaming. But how important is the community aspect to Challenger Mode? It's it's crucial, absolutely. Um, you know, I think something we understood very early on is having a solution that can simplify competitive tournaments is is great. But if the tournament and the the, the audience that you as a, as a brand or as a organizer have managed to capture through that tournament, if that is if that's lost, if you haven't been able to capture that audience and build a community around that specific competition, then you're starting from scratch next time around as well. So. Uh, community is, is is crucial, right? And we're always trying to focus on our end to build uh, solutions and features that help uh, organizers really create that sense of community, whether that's competition, whether that's communicating with, with your audiences and so forth. So absolutely, uh, you know, and I think we all realized as well <laughs> these past two years, right, how, how important communities are. And that's no different for us uh, here at Challenger Mode. Looking around and playing with the platform and, you know, personally and professionally o o over the last few weeks i mean it, you know it's it's really it's a really cool platform but it almost has a sense of 
like a, a social media feel to it. I don't mean that in a social media sense, but what I mean is like I can go on to challenger mode as Trev Keen today, not TBD, not Epic, and I can set up a tournament for free. And uh, away I go. I can push out a, you know, a, a branded page and hopefully get loads of people to sign up and, and have a great, great experience for them all. But where do you make money? I mean, you're not a charity. I mean, how, how do you how do you monetize all this? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's that's a, that's a that's a good question. And uh, I think you know, just to take it back a few steps there, taking it back to to our ethos as a company, you know, really what we're trying to do is make esports accessible to all. And you know, truly, the way you do that is by providing a a product that's helpful and also accessible, right? And so. Yes, we don't charge for setting up tournaments. To join tournaments is free as well, but we want to be. That's because we want to be able to offer these uh, these really powerful tools and this automation for free to help organizers enhance and grow their communities. And really, when when organizers on our platform win, that's when we win. Uh, we do have a saying, you know, uh, internally here. We, you know, we'll start making money when our organizers start making money. So we have a lot of a lot of different revenue channels for organizers that they can utilize to grow their communities and their brands. So whether that is pay to enter tournaments or even subscriptions where you can gate different forms of competition behind subscriptions, those are some of the tools that we want to be able to offer to our organizers to help them start uh, making some revenue off of their communities and uh, help, help them grow their brands. At, at that point, obviously, Challenger Mode comes in as a platform, no secret there, and, and takes a small commission as well. I think that's a very... Um... You know, very interesting ethos, uh, you know, Patrick, and, you know, and just more an observation than a question. But I think it mm. shows a real understanding of the esports space at the moment and maybe the challenges that brands, football teams are having in understanding the space and kind of moving into it and putting potential spend behind it. So I think you're, you're probably removing a barrier of entry for them, really, in a way, and allowing them get to understand the space develop a community and you know and I, I suppose i imagine the same applies to esports teams yet where revenues are aren't at a mature level yet to be sustainable for an org so you know you're providing that potential structure for them and and, and hoping that the reward is on the flip side yeah spot on <laughs> nothing to add okay. there really Trev. that's, that's yeah, exactly to add there. Uh, yeah <laughs> I, I, I helped with the sales pitch on it and like Data is obviously collected. Who owns that data? You know, do tournament organizers get access to that data? I mean, we used the example of clubs, but and brands, do they do they get that? Yeah, uh, I, that's a good question. Uh, so obviously, as a platform, uh, players come to Challenger Mode and create accounts on the platform, and then use those accounts to join different forms of community. So when it comes to personal data. Everything that comes with registering an account on Challenger Mode, that's actually data that, that Challenger Mode uh, today owns. And being a European company, working under the laws of GDPR, we own that data and that's not necessarily something we can directly share. But we also understand that data is crucial, right? Of course, brands and teams want to understand who their member is and uh, who, who their members are and uh, also potentially might want to reactivate them off platform. So data collection is of course, a crucial part to you know a lot of a lot of organizers. So we've actually very recently developed uh, some features and functionalities that makes this very easy. Uh, you know, surveys at the point of registering, where you where you're prompted to answer a few questions, and that data then is completely owned by the organizers. So we don't we don't leave our our partners and our organizers completely empty handed. 
but uh, the specific player data, so to speak, the profile data uh, is something uh, Challenge moves on to, but we give uh, organizers opportunities and possibilities and really functionalities to, to still get access to, to, to the data that, it, uh, that they require. Yeah, really, really interesting. And I suppose just to pick on something you were saying there, you know, about how adding features, it gives the impression that you're very much, you know, and look, you are a startup, you're an exciting startup, and you're doing great things. But you seem to be very dynamic, I guess, or agile in your thinking, you know, and very responsive. And is that something that looking at your own background, you've come from a startup world, you've mm. been involved in, in, in various things. I mean, does that help you then as a kind of a business be able to adapt to the marketplace, really, which is, again, a very growing, immature market? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, I think that's the that's the beauty of uh, working in a startup and be it, a, be it a tech startup, right? You know, just looking at our offices here, uh, sitting in the partnerships team and dealing with, you know, working with clients and obviously collecting all the all the feedback from clients in terms of, oh, can we have this? Could you do that? Uh, that's, you know, something that we then very quickly are able to convey to our tech teams. And if it makes sense from a, for us from a product perspective, really get working on and release in a, in a very short time period. So I think, you know, being agile in esports is something that, you know, you have to be uh, to succeed. Uh, it's still a very young industry. Uh, it's also nobody has, you know, found the secret sauce yet. I think there is still so much adaptation and improvement that 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 will be needed on kind of everyone's behalf. And uh, you know, so we're in the same boat, right? We we are always looking to improve our product, and we're always working very closely with with our partners to understand, you know, what are their needs. And yeah, uh, being being a startup, being a tech startup, um, makes makes that a- adaptation fairly seamless from our side. Yeah, and like I'm not going to ask you who your your favorite client is, uh, <laughs> all right? But but I was having a good look at like some of the work the E lines did, for example. How have they used Challenger mode to good effect? There's probably a plethora of examples uh, of you know of organizers using Challenger mode successfully and and being able you know into a, to a good effect. Uh, I think for the E lines specifically. Uh, we've we've supported them with uh, you know a wide range of qualifiers for different forms of competitions and really the focus there has been to make it as seamless and as easy as possible for them on the registration side and also on the you know kind of seating and uh, match bracket side as well for c- kind of fully automating that experience for them. What that has meant is obviously much less uh, resources needed on their end. You know, usually running competitions of uh, a significant size will require, you know, a lot of admins and a lot of manpower. Challenge Mode helps, you know, in this scenario alleviate that, right? And to, to th- throw some other examples out there, you know, we've done similar th- activations with the likes of Red Bull, uh, supporting them with their solo queue qualifiers, you know, thousands of participants. That's really you know, something that you can manage with one or two admins because of the automation the platform delivers. So really, we want to be able to help alleviate a lot of that work. And I think, you know, for Elan specifically, that has meant, you know, very seamlessly being able to run uh, qualifiers that have then resulted, you know, obviously teams being invited to, to, to larger finals and so forth. You mentioned Red Bull there. And look, Red Bull is, is a brand that's they're very comfortable in the esports space. They've been very, very innovative, you know. But but there's other brands will say that wouldn't have the know-how or the experience of that. And I suppose it's kind of a two-part question, I guess. One is like, is there a brand that's different from a Red Bull, for example, that maybe has used Challenger mode as their entry into the space? Or what are the opportunities for a brands? You know, there's obvious alignment with sports clubs that are using the platform, but a, a brand directly to use Challenger mode as well. 
So as a challenge mode has uh, historically, you know, we've always been open to working with brands and really be, be the gateway into esports. You know, I think to tackle your second question there, maybe first before tackling the first one is that the platform really is a meeting point between, you know, any stakeholder that wants to run a competition or engage with gamers and the other side, which is, which is the gamers, right? And really what we're, we're able to give brands an opportunity to truly immerse themselves into the daily lives of competitive gamers, right? We all know that it's a, you know, very difficult consumer to reach. Uh, you know, we always hear brands saying that, right? And brands are always trying to figure out, okay, how do we, how do we reach them? You know, is it ads? Is it, uh, you know, is it giveaways? Is it, you know, do we partner with uh, X, Y, and Z streamers? And of course, all of those uh, options are are good in their own ways and are also highly effective in their own ways. I think the approach that we're taking is that we're giving uh, brands the ability to provide a, a a fully branded experience in their own digital esports arenas and uh, allow the gamers to tr- f- fully immerse themselves into that brand's kind of digital esports arena, their world on challenger mode, and engage and re-engage on a consistent basis uh, with this brand by competing in competitions that are uh, being uh, held by this by this brand. And the beauty with challenger mode is that it really doesn't require necessarily much know-how or much kind of resources being put into it because the platform runs everything itself. So obviously on our end, we're, we work closely with brands trying to understand what they're trying to achieve. And then we, we, we set up a plan for their space, for their digital esports arena that works for that brand. And we're able to then start building their community on the platform. Adding to this, I think something that's probably worth mentioning is that being able to activate on, on challenge mode, and this kind of takes it back to the to, the, to your point that you had earlier with effectively almost uh, challenge mode almost being like a, a social social platform is that brands are able to directly uh, get access to millions of users, right? It's it's you're not building something from scratch and and trying to drive players to to a separate site, for example. You're directly immersed into that world, into that competitive gaming world, and if you're trying to reach competitive gamers. You're you're basically jumping in the pool with them and 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 being surrounded with them by by activating on platform. So just to jump to your first question there, you know, yes, we work with you know endemic brands. Omen have today built probably one of the largest gaming communities in the world on on on, on the platform by running community tournaments and, and growing their community that way. But we also you know want to be able to help uh, non-endemics, right? And we've done work, uh, really interesting work with Brown in the Rocket League space, where we've run competitions where they've had product giveaways and prizes and so forth. So it's, it's a little bit of a different approach on capturing the gamer, but you're really, I think, you know, immersing yourselves into you know their daily competitive lives, right? Uh, suddenly they are competing in your tournaments, um, which is which is a pretty cool thing. I mean, obviously, you know, the pandemic was a big adaption for you personally, you know, moving from London to, um, you know, to Sweden. But it saw the rise of online tournaments, but we seem to be coming out the other side of that now, like Patrick. I mean, there's, we're seeing a lot of, of, of kind of LAN events returning. We're seeing a lot of conferences returning. I mean, is there a bit of fear, you know, that maybe, oh, you know, our, our online tournaments going to become our... Are they strong enough now that they're they're integrated as part of the process, you know, and complement the LAN events, you know, in some regards? Or is there plans afoot to maybe offer LAN support, I guess, on top of that as well? Yeah, great question. Uh, we, I mean, there, there is no, there's no denying, right, that obviously offline is coming back. And, you know, I think personally, I think it's probably going to 
come back in full force. We actually have the Stockholm major here happening over in, in Stockholm right now. And I'm looking forward personally to, to heading over there in, in, in the next few days to, uh, to, to watch some live esports again. From our perspective, you know, we're, we're really excited about this. You know, we see this as a huge opportunity. You know, traditionally, our focus has been online. I, that's what we excel at. That's what we do best. Being a tech company, being a st- tech startup, we, uh, we know that offline is coming back in full force and w- we want to be there and support that as well. You know, we're, we're focusing a lot of efforts on making sure that we're not only the, the most optimal solution for, for online, but also offline. And that, that may require different features being built and so forth. And we're working with partners on trying to, to identify what those functionalities are. But we already have you know, a wide range of, of functionalities that can allow us to successfully you know, support these types of live events. Um, you know, we've worked with the likes of you know, DreamHack in the past, just to, just to throw a name out there, um, and, and supported them on, on LAMS and so forth. So we see it as an opportunity. It's effectively a new, you know, it's kind of the revival, uh, I guess, if you want to call it, right? You know, a, a new uh, avenue of esports. It, it just adds to what we can do with the platform and just adds to what we can offer to our organizers. And suddenly, value proposition for a lot of partners is that uh, we, can, we can support them on two fronts, right? And I think that's also a very attractive idea for, for activations for brands and so forth as well. The next 12 months, you know, for challenger mode, like, is there anything we should be keeping in eye on that you're not not allowed to say? I know I asked you offline for an exclusive. You said you'd give me nothing, Trevor. Give me absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but like, is there, is there anything we can, um, you know, we can expect to see that might be a bit different? Or, you know, is there angles you're looking at, I guess, even? Yeah, uh, let's just cut off the interview here then. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, no, uh, jo- joking aside, um, you know, without, I guess, spoiling too much, uh, obviously, I think we've traditionally uh, been v- very PC focused and uh, the esports landscape is looking very different today uh, than it did 12 months ago, right? Uh, and it will look very much different again in 12 months down the line. And I think, you know, we're probably to no one's, uh, no, no, nobody's probably missed the fact that, you know, mobile and, and even console, you know, is, is, is taking up more and more space in the esports scene. And uh, that's something that's very high on our radar, and you know we 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 want to become uh, just as viable of a solution for for mobile esports as we are for for PC esports. And I think twenty twenty two we'll just we will see mobile continue to grow, and Challenger Mode will will be will be pushing heavily towards supporting that landscape as well, just as much as we do PC, right? And I think we we will always try to automate. Um, we're always trying to innovate and. We want to do that together with our partners, whether that is brands, whether that's tournament organizers or, or game developers. And I think that's probably the, 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 the most detail I can give you there. But, you know, more automation, more automated mobile games, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff on the, on the horizon there for us. Sounds intriguing. I mean, it's interesting. I was reading during the week about um, Dundee and some of the work they're going to do around 5G with, with um, supporting tournaments. So I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see that, that build up. But, um, yeah, last couple of questions, and they're more about you know about you. I mean, you you mentioned passion for gaming. What's your favorite game? What are you currently playing? <laughs> oh God, uh, I'm gonna get roasted for this probably. Go on. Um, uh, I'm I'm uh, you know I I still haven't left uh, the hype of PUBG. Um, so that's that's what I sit and play. Probably all my friends have probably abandoned me by now. So if anyone listening out there wants to team up connect with me on on twitter and 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 we'll we'll squad up i think you know PUBG, rocket league are probably the two games that spend the most time 
I've recently tried out the cycle. Uh, I'm not sure if you've tried it, Trev, but it's 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 a fun game. Uh, the beta that that was recently re- released. So I might I might mm-hmm. jump over to that. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 still in that PUBG boat. How how about yourself? Myself and Sean are doing trying to get with my 11 year old. We're going up the divisions in um in FIFA 22. So nice. we, we, we've hit we've we've hit division nine. We were we were playing out Descendants yesterday. We picked that up quite nice and we, we kind of have a tendency to play around with different games I, I'm look I, I'm a huge fan of um, and the guys are fed up with me listen to it. I love Clash Royale uh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just the um, got my, my king level up to 13 now then next thing they move it to 14 the minute I get it up there so I was gutted after that because I thought I had the strongest king available during the week <laughs> and now I'm getting I'm getting battered again but yeah, I mean look the beauty of, uh, I, I guess of, of what we do Patrick is um we get to test games and call it call it work. So, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not a bad. Great. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad. Boat not a bad up. thing. Yeah, and look, last thing. I mean, last last thing. The industry at the moment. I mean, there just seems to be so much happening. You know, there's a lot going on every day. You pick up the paper. There's different. Or pick up the digital papers or digital websites. There's just so much happening around. But I guess the big thing that caught my my eye this week actually was Facebook gaming and the numbers catching up or surpassing Twitch for hours. How does something like that affect affect you as a as, as a business? You know, I mean, Twitch is kind of the bedstone of, of esports or the perceived bedstone of esports, you know, alongside YouTube. But Facebook gaming making moves like that, obviously they've had quite the week with, with the announcement of Meta. But does that shape thinking when you're planning out go and looking at integrations and that? How, how does the news impact you, I guess, in that way? I'm a, I'm a strong believer that obviously, you know, Competition is always going to be better for the industry, right? You don't you don't want to have a monopoly. We've had it so far, uh, and Twitch are amazing at what they do, right? I mean, they're they're where they are for for a reason. But it's encouraging to see, right? I think from a providers' perspective, such as ours, from a solutions perspective, you know, a, a diversification on 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 that front and being able to work with more parties is is just going to be beneficial for for everyone, right? It's going to uh, make the playing field uh, for for third party solutions, I think, and it's just going to open up more opportunities for content creators for for new games and so forth. So. Uh, the news extreme were extremely encouraging. I think you know we're, I'm, we're hoping that it'll continue in that way. Ideally, we'd want to have a few key players in that space that are really you know competing, going head to head, and and you know and doing great things and innovating. And I think part of that innovation will come from from the competition that they're facing, right? So I'm I'm uh, I'm really excited about it. I think, and uh, from from our perspective, it, it's it's fun to see. I mean, I think all in all. Let's hope it continues, right? With more players getting getting some market share and getting some uh, uh, some exposure, and uh, it'll just be beneficial and and very healthy for for the industry long term as well. Absolutely, yeah, Patrick, that was brilliant. Thanks so much for uh, for coming on. Really, really appreciate you being a guest today. Thank you for having me, Travis.